Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters, your go-to spiritual development podcast. I'm your host Hannah McIntyre and I am so excited to have you here. Join me and other great guests as we explore what it means to be a medium, the work that we need to do and the questions that we need to ask for our own development and unfoldment. I'm so happy that you're here. Let's begin. Just to let you all know that my book, You Are a Medium, You Just Don't Know It Yet, is available to purchase on Amazon or via my website, www.hannamedium.co.uk. I am incredibly proud to be able to say that it is already an Amazon bestseller and I'm so grateful to all of you for your reviews, comments and feedback. Um, If you haven't already, please do check it out. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hi, everybody. How are you doing? Uh, This, I'm not sure, is going to be one of the three podcasts that come out at the end of July. I'm just looking. So I'm not sure the order they're going to come into because I just want to get through as many of the listener questions as I can before I break for a month in August. And then I hope you will all join me back for season four. So make sure you start sending in your questions and the topics you want covered on season four, because I'm excited to see where it takes us. So we will be back in September um, and recharged and ready to go because I am aware at the moment I'm forcing, not forcing the podcast because I love doing it, but there's an unnaturalness happening within me like I think it's my imposter syndrome just getting a hold here and telling me I'm going to run out of things to say (laughs) oh god it never ends does it Uh, so because of that I think that is a big sign that it's time to down tools take a break I think I had last August off if I remember correctly Uh, be with my family be with my life sort out the chaos that is my home and come back swinging. So that is the the idea. And uh, I hope that you will all 
Yeah, get on board with that and be excited to see what season four, can you bloody believe it, will bring. So a few things that I wanted to talk about uh, that I've been pondering. And one of the first things that I wanted to talk to you all about was demonstrating. So I'm recording this after demonstrating a few weeks ago, actually, from now in Surbiton. And it was a really good night for spirits and evidence. There was one that wasn't taken, but that's always the way it goes. But energetically for me, it was a massive cost. And I know we had that podcast mindset of mediumship where I was talking about the cost of evidential mediumship. Well, Surbiton, I'm I'm surprised I didn't need some form of CPR afterwards because it absolutely killed me energetically. And that's the interesting thing, I think, about being a platform medium, because it wasn't bad. Yeah, there was one spirit that wasn't taken. That's always a shame. But I know that they were there for somebody. So I feel very comfortable now. That's not on me. Um, I tried my very best to get them taken and they were there for someone. So that's all I can do in that situation. And they were very emotional. People in the audience that got messages at Surbiton were very, very um, emotional, not able to respond because they were crying so much. And that's to be expected in mediumship, isn't it? You know, you can't force somebody to answer you when they're sobbing because, yeah, that's the way it goes. So in a way, it was good evidence. When I used to work with my friend and I demonstrating, we used to um, talk, you know, who's made the most people cry, not because we want people to be upset, but because then you know you've done a really good job, don't you, if somebody's weeping. And, uh, yeah, I had a lot of people crying. Within all of that, just found it really, really tough. And I think I found it really tough because of the slightly bumpy journey on which I have been on um, emotionally recently, which I know I've mentioned to you. And I may well share with you the story of what has happened. I don't know. I will see how I feel and how this podcast unfolds. But um, there was definitely energy for me was different which got me pondering, as it always does. And poor Amanda, trapped in the car with me, driving down the M25, as I start yet another ponderance about how much is the energy that the audience bring and how much is my energetic state. Now, I've already sort of realised that it really, it used to really matter to me how people received my mediumship and then as I've gone on this journey and I've offered my little soft and squishy marshmallow heart to more and more people it has got harder now not harder in an uncaring way but it has built a callus shall we say where I used to really want validation from other people. And I still, of course, if you come to see me live, I want you to have a good night. Really do. I want to be able to bring through the evidence that you want me to be able to bring in to prove that it's your loved ones. But you knew there was a but coming, didn't you? But I'm less affected by it than I used to be. Because in all of this time doing all of this work... 
I have realised in the last year where I've done so many demonstrations in so many different places with so many different audiences, I have realised that, number one, you can't make everybody happy. And number two, you can't fulfil everybody's expectations of how mediums should should work. So the only person that I really need to fulfil the expectation of is myself. So how much of the feeling of whether it's a good demonstration or not actually comes from me and how I felt it was as the medium. And if I'm not feeling like it's a good flow and I'm feeling like it's sticky and I'm feeling it like it's difficult and I'm trying to hemorrhage energy to get to where I want it to be, that's all on me, isn't it? It's not on the audience, that's on me. And am I in that space trying to control something that is uncontrollable? Because I had this, um, as you know, amazing night in Glastonbury. And it was so uplifting and so funny. And I could have kept going if the venue didn't need to shut. I could have just, it was so good. And I was so happy with it. Because everybody was laughing along with me and it felt really uplifting. But of course, every mediumship night can't be like that and shouldn't be like that. But, you know, I'm in service to the spirit world and the sitters here. And so it's not really supposed to be about me. And yet equally, it kind of feels like it is about me. And it's about me in the sense that if it doesn't feel good, then I'm expending energy trying to get it into that energetic space to make it feel good. And actually, maybe I should be just accepting that it is what it is what it is, and that it can't be made good, or can't be changed, or you can lift it to a certain point, but you can't. Let's say, for example, Glastonbury energy was a 25. If you're then working in a 12 and still doing a good job with your evidence, I'm just talking about the energy of the space and the energy of the um, situation and the audience and the venue and all of that, you might be able to raise it eight points and make it a 20 if you try really, really hard, but you're not going to be able to make something that is completely out of the league of a 25 into a 25, are you? And maybe in trying to do that and trying to control that, I hemorrhage too much energy. I don't know. Um, I'm really hoping this mic isn't picking up my tummy rumbling, but I have a feeling it probably is. So you're welcome for the extra noises in the background. Um, <laughs> thank you, body. Thank you. So it's a fascinating thing. I mean... It's, you'd think, wouldn't you, that having done so many demonstrations, that we'd be like, right, that is the formula, that's what we need to, to make it right. But actually, it's unquantifiable. It follows no rhyme nor reason. Sometimes audiences come in, and me and Kim, or me and Amanda, whoever's helping me, we look at each other and go, oh no, this is going to be a tough one. And then when I start working, they come to life and it's amazing. And sometimes they come in and it's really loud and really chatty and we're like, oh, this is going to be cracking. And then it is like working in a funeral home. And there is no rhyme or reason for that. And I wonder how much of that is actually controllable and how much isn't, how much we can make happen and how much we can't. 
and how much we're able to actually change. And I don't have an answer for you because this is a new ponderance and I'm still working through all of this stuff. But it's interesting to think about, isn't it? Or maybe not. Maybe it's only interesting to me and then you're trapped as a listener and Amanda was trapped in the car and you're all like, not really, Hannah, actually, crack on. But to me, it's fascinating. Um, Maybe there isn't that golden goose that's going to permanently lay golden eggs that I can create. Maybe I have to surrender. No. So that's been sort of ricocheting around in my mind which is quite interesting and I shall continue to ponder it for the summer and when I start demonstrating again in September we shall see we shall think about it and see what happens but I've also had an interesting time with expectations and readers and not readers sitters and what they're wanting and what they're hoping for and things like that and it is vastly improved from where it, where it first was because I think I don't give away so much of myself to the point of trying to make it perfect for somebody else anymore it, it is what it is as long as I'm happy with it then I know that I've done well because I am no doubt my biggest critic 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 critique But I've been having an interesting time. So uh, in the UK, we have like two forms of elite mediums is what I would say. We have the sort of celebrity mediums who have hundreds of thousands of followers, but that you don't see demonstrate very often. Um, And... They do do lives, but their lives are very much pulling cards, which is nothing wrong with. I love a card. You know I do. Um, And sort of like and share, 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 but not really giving a lot of value. And yet they have a lot of a massive following and they all have call centers. And if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you will know I personally do not like call centre mediumship. Now I know that since I said that on the podcast I've had a couple of people on the podcast who started um, earned their stripes doing call centre mediumship so maybe it does have more of a place in the universe than I first realised. That is the closest you're ever going to get to me admitting I'm wrong (laughs) but you know what I mean maybe it does maybe I have no doubt that spirit will utilise whatever they need to utilise Equally, I think that a lot of these call centres are run by people that aren't mediums. And so they haven't got the same ethical integrity uh, that, that a medium's got. Because as soon as you start working with spirit, if you are truly working with spirit, not if you're working psychically, if you're working with spirit, you cannot help but be changed by that. You cannot help but be changed by the presence of the spirit world. Um, undoubtedly and therefore you are not going to be comfortable with for example as I've mentioned before sending text messages to people saying I've got a loved one in spirit here for you if you want to know who it is call my team of trusted psychics now all of the big well-known massive following mediums in the UK have that kind of thing going on they have call centers and this is my problem with call centers because number one if you are 
if I, for example, signed up with one of these call centre companies and they have asked me to, and I will not do it, um, then I can't, I'm not checking who the mediums are that they're using. I'm not checking that they actually do work with spirit, that they work with integrity, that they are good people. I am signing up for another source of income. It's not the same thing. It's why I will not have anyone on this podcast that works with a call centre. And there's some brilliant mediums I want on here. But just because of that, I won't have them on. And I wish they would think about it a bit and decide if it's really in alignment. And yeah, and do that. But anyway... So I was I was noticing. So one of the ones that I, you know, it's a bit like a car crash, isn't it? Or I don't know. It's a surprising to me how much of my spirit work in inverted commas is actually me stalking other mediums to see what they're up to. <laughs> how much of running a spiritual business should be dedicated to looking at what other people are doing? I don't know but I spend a lot of time doing it. And I've had some amazing, amazing uh, learnings from that and inspirations from that. And then there's also the bits that make me a bit sad. And one of the things that makes me a bit sad is, as I've mentioned before, um, one of the ones that does a lot of TikTok videos and things like that, if you're seeing this, this is a message for you, and then proceeds to give quite a negative commentary. Um, you know, you were right, that person is wasn't doing it for right and that they will the truth will come into the light and it's just triggering negative emotions there's no spirit in that um well I had a little stalk on their um reviews because why wouldn't you and uh this was really interesting to me so they offer under their name a card reading with them and it's like 20 quid right? Now I can understand if you are a bit naive and there's no judgment in the word naive because I am the most naive person I know. You would think, okay, 20 quid with a reading with that person, that is amazing. You might look at my website and go, bloody hell, she charges £137 for a reading. What a ripoff. I'm going to go back to this guy and he only charges me £20. But you're not actually getting a reading with him that's honed to you for £20. You're not actually getting a personalised private message from him for £20. You are getting access to a series of video recordings that he has done where somebody who is in his admin team randomly picks you a video reply where he is pulling cards and those cards have a message for you but they are it's not a recording that has been done for you using your energy it's a bit like when you open the horoscope in the mag in the newspaper or the magazine and there's one message for all it's like my week ahead readings where some parts of it will resonate with you and some parts don't the problem that we've got here is because £20 isn't a lot in the grand scheme of things, but it's a, it's a price for a reading. People think they're getting an individual reading, and they're not. But there is no um, body in the UK that is monitoring this kind of thing. So people are getting them and then realising... So there's somebody that's left a one-star Trustpilot review, and they've left a one-star review... Because three of their friends all signed up for a reading 
and they all got the same video and it sounds specific because it says I've got connections here with an L and an R there's something going on with an L and an R so if you've got someone in your life with an L or an R in their name for, you know Botox Cosmetic out of botulinum toxin A FDA approved for over 20 years so talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you for full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. You need to be careful of them. But of course, that could apply to anybody. If I stood up at a demonstration and said, I've got a man here with a connection with a name with a letter D in it, that would be everybody in the audience would be able to take a connection with a name with a letter D in it. So it, it's, not that they, it's not that I'm saying these things have no value, but what I'm saying is it is taking, it is, it is stealing in my opinion. It's taking money from people who don't know better and don't understand how it's working and are like me and are naive and hopeful and have got that thing where you think that because everybody's a light worker they're going to be behaving like a light worker. The number of times that has bitten me on the ass and I probably told the story in season one of the podcast but it always reminds me when I was first sort of taking my tentative steps out into the big bad world as a spiritual business, um, still fighting the same imposter syndrome that I fight now, just so you know, but hey-ho, we try and move forward. And um, somebody messaged me and said, I'm doing a mind-body-spirit fair and I am desperate for someone to be a card reader. Will you come and be a card reader? And I felt like it was divinely orchestrated by the spirit world. And I was like, oh my God. And actually, I can, oh my God, this story is coming back to me now. I can remember because I saw it advertised on Facebook and I thought, oh, I could do that. And then I thought, no, if spirit want me there, they'll get that person to message me. And they did. And I was like, oh, my God, this is me being predestined to do something fabulous. So I went to this village hall. And I mean, I have no doubt the spirit were teaching me lessons. But this is when I, I didn't understand that some of the lessons are slaps. So I, was, I was ripe for a beating. And I went to this fair and about five people turned up and it was utterly miserable. But there was another lady there doing cards. And I was like a puppy. And I went over to her and I was like, oh, my God, hi, what cards do you use? I'm setting up as a card reader. It's so exciting. And I just didn't expect her to hate me and feel like I was on her patch and basically to tell me to go away. And it was such a shock to me that they were so like, I thought I was going to be the only card reader. And I was like, oh, well, she invited me. Well. You shouldn't have booked. It was supposed to be my space and there's hardly anyone here, is there? And and I'd done free readings for all the storeholders because I was bored and I just wanted the practice. And so I'd taken away her only clientele because apparently she would normally have sold to the storeholders if it was quiet, but I'd done free readings for them all. 
<laughs> which I didn't do on purpose. I wasn't like, oh my God, I'm going to piss off the tarot reader and I'm going to do oracle cards for everybody. It was just, I was bored. They were bored. Let's fill some time. Uh, I'll buy some body shop. You have a reading. Let's play around. And I just, yeah, yeah, I'm so naive. I mean, still a little naive, if I'm honest, but that was particularly bad. Um, I don't even know what the point of that was. You're welcome. Enjoy the stories and the musings of my mind, as always. Um, it's a bumpy ride, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I am naive and I just hope for better. And I really feel like us mediums, again, just need to be doing better. But if you're seeing a deal that looks too good to be true, it is too good to be true. I'm, I see, I cannot remember anymore what I've told you guys and what I haven't, but I have um, a set of oracle cards, well, three actually by the same person that I absolutely adore. And they were doing um, special card readings. And I went on thinking it was going to be, you know, £150, £200 for a card reading with them. And it was really cheap and I still didn't twig. And then when I got my card read, it was sent by post and it was just done on a computer and it was two cards out of a card set that I'd already got in a little folder with um, the meanings of the cards as they are written in the book that comes with the cards just typed onto a piece of paper like copy and paste. And that was a big lesson for me too. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on out there. But it is just interesting to think think about and to be aware of. Um, if you really want a really good reading, you need to be investing in it. And And I have no doubt if you're getting something from a 20 quid card reading that goes out to 30 people, 40 people, 100 people, 300 people. I mean, I'm all for that. I am all for that. But I do think there should be a managing of expectations um, rather than a sign up for a card reading with me where the expectation is, you know, six card love spread that you're actually going to get something personalised when you're not. It's just six cards that they have pulled whilst recording a video that they are going to send out en masse to hundreds of people. I wonder, I wonder what's going to happen to mediumship and spirituality and teachers because there's more and more people getting involved in it and more and more people opening up to it and being awake for it and I just wonder what impact that's going to have as people educate themselves and learn how it works and understand and realize and unfold and become more discerning and then, of course, on the flip side, you can be too discerning. So somebody I know went for a reading, um, somebody passed in very tragic circumstances, and they went for a reading with a, a medium. I don't even know the medium's name. Um, they're supposed to be finding it out for me because I would like to have them on the podcast because I was then contacted with, is this good enough? Is this good evidence? And I have to be honest, guys, and say it was freaking mind-blowingly good evidence and yet this is the irony isn't it to me I was like holy shit that is fantastic evidence that is so good that is so specific that is so amazing but to them they were like is that actually good and this is the thing about mediumship isn't it and so often I think as readers 
we are no as clients sorry we are looking for something but we're not really sure what that is we're looking maybe for healing for resolution for um feeling like our loved ones are, are with us still so a feeling of being reunited but i don't think that happens in the moment of a reading because having a reading is stressful it's nerve-wracking it's worrying um you don't know you don't remember you know was my nan a woman i think so did she marry my grandfather i think so do they meet when they were young I, oh god i can't remember i think so and so you're constantly trying to uh, to field all of these different aspects of somebody in a slightly panicky emotional state so i don't think you get that resolution and that healing and that thing you're looking for until you sit with it afterwards unless you're in a particularly ready space i don't want yeah not all the time like i was saying the other day in the truth episode there's it that will be true for some people and not true for others so some people will instantly get the resolution that they seek and some people will need to sit with it and think about it and as we know the people you see in the public eye doing readings don't often use people or use the readings where someone's had to sit with it because it doesn't have the same dramatic effect. Hmm. The other thing I wish that we were talking about more is that not all mediums do all aspects of mediumship. And I think that that needs to be discussed. There's kind of this idea, isn't there, that we are all seeing, all knowing, and actually, we need to start discussing how we don't do everything. Keeps coming up in demonstrations for me, people putting their hands up and saying, you didn't get through any animals tonight. And I say, well, no, I'm not an animal communicator. And they go, huh? We need to be getting that message out there too, that there are animal communicators and there are people communicators. And sometimes the animal communicators might work with the person and sometimes the person, person communicator might work with an animal, but it's not guaranteed. And you need to be choosing what you, what you need and what you want. And that's something I really think that I'm going to start talking about on social media to try and get it out there to people is we don't do everything. You can't ask somebody that's a past life reader to make an evidential connection with your grandfather. You can't ask an evidential medium to offer you healing if they don't do healing. That There are too many different areas. And I was talking to one of my really amazing, you know who you are, mentorship students about this the other day because they're just starting and they were like, and I've got to learn this and I want to learn this and I want to learn that. And I said to them, it's great to do it when you want to do it, but don't prescribe to yourself what you have to learn for your idea of mediumship because we don't know it all. And I don't, at the moment, want to specialize in anything else other than the stuff that I'm doing because I need to I still don't feel like I've reached where I want to reach with evidential mediumship so why would I be diffusing that by now becoming a specialist animal communicator or a past life regressionist or uh I don't, all these, these crazy different things I don't know why I'm stuck on those two there's so many different sacred geometry I mean I work with angels but I don't have a deep channel ability with angels. Um, 
somebody, one of my students, um, Catherine, who used to sit in one of my circles, she's got the most incredible channeling abilities with angels. That's her specialty. It's brilliant. And as, as you develop and you go on your journey, don't feel like you need to be all things to all people. Now, if there is a excitement within you and you want to, that's different. The number of times people told me I should only focus on one area and I ended up focusing on lots. I've done trance, I've done spirit guides, I've done evidential, I've done healing, I've done working with colour and all of the and everything in between psychic work. So I'm not saying I'm a specialist in only one area, but evidential mediumship is undoubtedly my favourite. But I know that from doing all of the others and working on the others and, and working well in the others and I wouldn't change my communication abilities with spirit guides for anything because they have changed my life. So when you're going on your journey and you're working it out, don't feel like you have to be all things to all people. Don't feel like you have to be all things to yourself. Because going back to what I was talking about before, about the feeling of a demonstration, how much of this stuff are we forcing on ourselves? How much of this stuff are we saying, well, I need to be able to do this because a medium can do all of these things? What if we started saying, no, they can't? You know, when I had a, a car that I had, a, I don't even remember what was wrong with it, my garage had no problem in saying to me, we can do this, we can do this, but this bit we cannot fix, so this person is going to do it for you. We've got a connection with this garage where they specialise in this particular part, this particular problem. Why is that acceptable from a garage and not acceptable in mediumship? Why are we pushing ourselves in so many different directions, trying to bridge all the gaps? It's a bit like master, oh, buddy, hell. Jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> I knew it was in there somewhere. It is kind of that thing. And I'm so... Sometimes people will tell you to do less because they want to keep you small and they want to keep you contained and they don't want you to get too big for your boots. That is very different to you telling you that you need to do all of these different aspects to be able to be a medium because you don't. You just need to find the area that you want to work in right now. And you might need to do, I always say it's like the sweetie counter, you need to go and have your pick and mix and you try one of everything and then you go back in and you buy 20 of the one you like. <laughs> the one that flavour is really talking to you or maybe 10 on two flavours. And you specialise in those areas and then after a while you might find that you get a craving for a different one and you try that for a bit which will enhance the areas you've already been working on. But it's not about being able to do all things and being able to fulfill that need in everybody. And when I first started saying to people, well, no, I'm not an animal communicator, I could see that they were disappointed in me. But I don't advertise as an animal communicator. There's no mention of animals in any of my write-ups. So find an animal communicator if that's what you want. Work with an animal communicator. If you want to hear from Tootles the dog then Tootles the dog has much, got a much greater chance of coming through an animal communicator than they have with me, and so on and so forth. And there is space for everybody in that. So don't overwhelm yourself. Don't overload yourself. Find 
the areas that are exciting to you. Don't prescribe to yourself. It's not medicine that you have to take. It's about having fun and following the joy and the interest in the things that light you up. And it all serves a purpose. It's all important light work. My light work is no more important than anybody else's. And I want to make that super clear super clear. It's not that I am um, a better medium because I talk to people and other people that I know that talk to pets are not as important. Jesus, I've got two dogs. Like when they move into spirit, I will want to hear from them. Uh, And uh, God, absolutely. And like I said to you guys, spirit guides changed my life. They changed my life. Without that ability to communicate with them, I wouldn't be who I am now. And so obviously, sometimes I get in my own way quite often. And I want to hear from somebody that communicates with spirit guides and becomes a channel for spirit guides. I don't think that my way is better. I do think that in some respects, being evidential with any form of mediumship is harder. So there's a difference between sort of channeled generalized messages and even if you're working with spirit guides I feel like your problem is work or I feel like your problem is you know love or when you're saying to somebody I've got a dog here is it a dog you want to hear from that's evidential I'm not just saying evidential as a human communicator but I am an evidential with spirits that once existed in human form communicator which isn't a very catchy title, is it? (laughs) Again, we're back to the restrictions of language and working through language and how language helps, but it also hinders. Oh, I love it. Well, there we go. So I think this is going to be the last one with me for season three. Um, uh, there will be the week ahead reading on Friday, on Monday. What day of the week is it? But this is going to be it now. And uh, I will see you the other side, season four after the summer. And I cannot wait to see where we all go. I'm so grateful for all your support, your inspiration, your messages and your questions. And I will see you all anon. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, I'm here just to ask you to click that follow button, to share the podcast on your social media and leave a review. These things help me so much with reaching more people, getting better guests, getting more information out there. So anything you can do to help would be gratefully received. And I will catch up with you again soon. Thanks for listening.